Whit gave testimony, and she did too, of how she was, she had some demonic issues, and uh, Whit prayed prayed with her and ministered to her until she was free. And today she's a beautiful young lady, um, great singer. Did she ever finish that project she was working on at Sean's? Okay. Did a recording project. And so Wit comes from, I know you don't live in Monroe, but I'm going to say Monroe. People ask us where we're from. We say Nashville because we tell them Lebanon. Is that overseas? Um, from Monroe, just outside of Monroe, he's part of a church there in West Monroe that we, we would consider a sister church because um, the pastor there, Brother Robert Lindsay, is a man that Brother Charles Simpson pastors. Of course, Brother Charles Simpson is my pastor. And so we would, we would call that church a sister church and uh, a, a great church. I'm not going to go into that again, but Witt uh, looks to Brother Robert as his spiritual father. And he ministers in that area. Whit ministers all over. Uh, and I think your minute is it still called He Still Rescues? Uh, Whit's ministry. And that's the website, by the way, he still rescues.com. And so Whit brings a living, Holy Spirit filled word. And uh, he always brings props. And he's done so today. So let's welcome Whit Bast, the man of God, to the pulpit today. love being with you all. Man, you guys are awesome. I love Tennessee. Don't take it for granted. I know that's probably hard to do. You walk outside and it's just this beautiful landscape, trees, mountains, but take it from me, the man that comes from Louisiana, flatlands. I'm driving up here on Friday. I'm thinking, wow, this is just beautiful. Love it. So Hannah is actually the daughter that Larry was speaking of, she's she had got to do YWAM, and then but now she's doing the Ramp School of Ministry with Karen Wheaton, and she just started that this fall. It's a two-year program, and she's getting to do the the Worship School of Ministry, and um, so the Lord continues to build upon precept upon precept, line upon line in her life, and that's the beauty of a testimony. You know, it's permission for us to get to, when I share something, it's permission for you. If you've got a child or a loved one that is in need of a touch from the Lord, you know, the Lord wants to touch all of us. It's not just that he wants to touch me and my family. He wants to touch all who need a touch from him. So today I'm going to, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be using, as Larry said, a few props. Um, there's a There's a word that I'll be really zoning in on, or I guess you'd say really focusing on, and it's uh, the word mending. How many of you believe that we're getting ready to see a great harvest? I feel that, don't you? I'm sure you've heard that a lot from people who have prophetic giftings, that they're they're hearing that. Um, The harvest. I, I want to just show you one of my props right out of the right out of the gate here. That's thunder. That's not me. That's not a prop. <laughs> right. That's from the Lord. So this is a fishing net from Catahoula Parish, where I'm from. That parish is in Louisiana. I'm sure Larry's told you all that. Um, and Larry, I hate LSU loss. It just depressed me, but I got over it pretty quick. But I stayed up too, brother. You're right. (laughs) So this net, as I speak about mending the nets today, I want for us to think of ourselves as this net, okay? Individually, but also collectively. I believe that individually we need mending, but also collectively we need to be mended. Why Why should we be mended? What's the point behind that? What is the reason we need to be mended? Think about what I opened up with, the harvest. 
they'll get away. Potentially, if the net has holes in it, the fish can escape. And so today I bring a word to you to encourage you and I to let's become mended. And I'll take that word in in its original language, catartizo, and we'll take some different verses and passages, and I'll show you what that word, how it's used in each of those passages. I'll open us up in John chapter 4. If you'd like to turn to John chapter 4, beginning in verses 35, we'll read through verse 38. And you just keep flipping. I'm just going to pray as you're uh, as you're turning to your passage there. Father, we do thank you. Lord, I thank you for family. I thank you for covenant. I thank you for relationships. I thank you for Robert Lindsay introducing me to Charles and Stephen and Larry and then Phil and now Charlie and Lord, just so many. Sean, there's so many that I've gotten to meet uh, in this congregation. And, Father, I just bless today. Lord, I bless the message. I bless what you want to do in this congregation. Lord, I thank you that this congregation is about your heartbeat, Lord. I thank you that they are looking outside of their walls to, to raise money for life, Father God. To, to bring food to those who are in need. Father, I, I thank you that, Lord, there's a heart of, of missions. That, Lord, it's not just about me and mine, but it's about the kingdom going forward, Father. So I pray today that whatever you have put in me, Lord, that this would just emanate, that, that you would emanate out of me hope of glory today. Be glorified, I pray, Father. Be glorified. Anoint me. Speak through me. I, I pray that whatever that I would want to say in the carnal, Lord, would just be uh, shut down, that only what comes into my mind and it comes through my lips would be honoring of you, that would glorify you, Father. We pray today that you be high and lifted up. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ today, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the Lamb who was slain to take upon my sin. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Father. We bless your word. And we all said, Amen. So John chapter 4, verse 35. Do you not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Think about that just for a moment. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have and you have entered into their Labors. I want to give you an example of what that looks like. When I was in California recently, I got to go to the sporting goods store, and there's a young man by the name of Everest who was there. And sometimes when I am somewhere public like that, I can't explain to you, but sometimes people will just be drawn to begin to want to talk to me. It's very, really interesting. And I'm sitting there, and, and Everest, Everest is talking to me, and almost an hour has gone by, and we're still talking. Now, thankfully, I wasn't there to really do anything. I was just there with someone else. My friend Mike Clark was looking for some camping gear. But we got to minister to Everest that day. Everest was drawn to me. And my friend Michael Clark gave him a prophetic word. And this big old guy, probably 2021, he's standing there. And he's so touched by the Holy Spirit, he begins to pull his hat down and he begins to weep before the Lord. I mean, it's just amazing. And I'm saying this as it relates to this scripture. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Everest's mother had been praying for him. He told me this. I don't know how long she had been praying for him. But I just stepped into someone else's labor. If I'm not mended, if I'm broken... If I'm looking at inside and I'm not looking outside with the eyes of the Lord, I'm going to miss 
assignments. I'm going to miss opportunities. And we, we talked yesterday about what a baptism of love looks like. And it looks like us having the heart of God, the eyes of God, the ears of God, the mouth of God, that we're so in sync with Him that, that we're literally like walking tabernacles, walking Jesus, right? I say that in all humility, that we can be Christ to others because we're so in Him and He's so in us. And that's the desire, that's the goal of why we need to become mended, become whole, because this life is not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about His kingdom. It's about His kingdom advancing. You mentioned that yesterday. Advancing. Favor. Advancing. We want to advance. We want to be mended so that we can bring in this harvest that's coming. There's a harvest that's coming. Are you ready? Are you ready, Abundant Life Church? Get ready. There's a harvest that's coming. Get ready. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's prepare ourselves to get ready. Now, I have a, a video clip, and I would like for us to watch it just for a moment. It's a little longer than what I normally would like to show, but it's, I think you'll enjoy it. It's from The Chosen. Yes, we're ready. You'll go back to the beginning, I think. There you go. I had to drag it back across that little line at the bottom. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, you guys, just let me know when you got it. I'm, I'm going to keep moving. In John chapter 21, verse 11, so Simon Put Peter... Put that down for a catch. All right, here we go. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. We've been doing this all night. Nothing.
my brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. Brings tears to my eyes, man. I've seen that video over and over. God, give us your heart. God, take my stony heart. God, let us never get over what you did for us. There's so many who need a touch from heaven. God, there's so many who are lost. God, may we never get over that we came to know you. Or may we never get past that. May we never get beyond that you want to use us, Father. You, you want to, us to be your hands. You want us to be your mouthpiece. Lord, you want us to be your feet, Father. You want us to glow, to shine, Father. You want us to be your salt. And God, you've called us to be the net, Lord. You've called us to come together, to work together, to join together, Lord, as, as stones were stacked together, those living stones. Lord, we are the living stones in this room right now, Father. That you're fitting us together, Father, for a greater purpose, for the kingdom. God, give us your heart today, I pray in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. A few things about that clip. Did you notice how at first there was no expectation? They had been waiting and nothing was happening. They had been fishing all night. No expectation. But Jesus surprised them. And when he surprised them, it began to have a what? A ripple effect. The fishermen needed help. They called to their other brothers and they began to run to help. And then Matthew is standing off in the distance and he's observing and he's watching and he's taking it all in. You see how when God is working... It's not always about even the person that's being touched. It's also about the others who are watching. So when I speak to someone, when I share Christ, when I invite someone, when I share anything in public, I have an audience. And it's not so that I can puff myself up, but it's for the kingdom of God to be advanced. About a month or two, about two or three months ago, actually, I was in Parkview Apartments, and that's one of the, the darkest places in Monroe. Uh, there's been I've been out there when there's been shooting. Um, I've mentioned them before when I was with you, and I had my pastor uh, at a church I'm helping plant, J.T. Strong, and a good friend of mine, Trace Mayo. We were out there, we we're ministering, and I had been given a key by one of the um, leadership there. And as she handed me the key, I said, "Ma'am, can we pray with you?" And so we all got out of my vehicle and we prayed with this um, employee of the apartment complex. And as we're praying for her. There's a gentleman about as far as that wall is right over there. He's watching us. I have no idea. When we get done praying for her, he begins to yell to us. I want that too. Bring that to me. I want some of that too. So we walk over there. We talk to him, pray with him, discover he's never been baptized. So what do we do? We find a, bat, a, a tub. Like a bath, bathtub. <laughs> we turn a bathtub into a baptistry in an apartment complex. And we baptize this young man. 
right there, right there on his grounds. And it was a witness to another worker. We filled the bathtub up too full of water, so water went everywhere. <laughs> Speaking of water, uh, who was that talking about? Don was mentioning about the water going everywhere, the, the river of life, right, the river of life. I want to pray for us. I, it, I want to, as I'm praying, I hope that it's a way for me to see, for you to see how we can be equipped as we're praying. All hell wants to stop what Jesus wants to do. And when all hell comes against you, what, what do we do? We can pray and bring the arsenal from heaven, such as the cross of Christ. We can bring the blood of Christ. We can bring the full work of Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ. Between us and all of the darkness that wants to come against us. That's a weapon. It's not just for us to read about the tomb. And it's not for us just to celebrate it once a year. It's a weapon for us to walk in. It's our arsenal. It's for us to have daily. Throughout the day. All day. You know, we we have it. It's for us to use. And, And so many times we don't understand what we've been given. We've been given a lot. So I can bring the cross of Christ between me and every word spoken against me. I can bring the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, the blood of Jesus between me and ever, every evil word spoken against me. This is, this is what you can do for you and your family. For your children and your children's children, you can teach them how to pray this way. Or you can even say the river of life, you know, that's flowing out of the throne and in Ezekiel and how it gets from ankle deep. And, and it gets, continues to rise, right? The water continues to rise. Lord, we pray that that river that no one can cross it, that no enemy can cross the river of life. We're in a time of death. We're in a time of desolation, right, in this pandemic. There's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of hopelessness. There's a lot of things that are going wrong. But every time in history that things have been low, guess what? He comes in and he brings them back up. And there's a revival that's coming. I'm just believing it. I'm standing on it. And I'm, I'm hoping, just as you're hoping, for a great and mighty harvest revival. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. Let us be ready. Let us get ready for this great awakening, this great revival. Will you be ready at Abundant Life Church for the outpouring that's coming? God has sent me here today to encourage you to get ready. Amen. Amen. All right. I always have more than I need, brother. I'm on page one. (laughs) Amen. I'll have to pick and choose. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So in John 21, 11, so Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, guess what this next verse says, this part of the verse, the net was not torn. My prayer for you is that you will not be torn when the fish come in. Will you hold firm, stand together as the church? Because sometimes we need one another, right, as the body of Christ. Not just all those lost people out there. We're here to link arms together, to pray with one another. Roddy, where's Roddy? Roddy found me and he said, Brother Witt, I just want to pray for you before you get up there this morning. Thank you, brother. Bless my heart. You've got greatness right here among you. And I don't mean just Roddy. I mean, there's so many of you that God's spirit is upon you. He's in you. He's working through you. You have a beautiful spirit. You have a beautiful heart, a giving heart, generous heart. And God intends to do great things through you and I as we surrender, as we yield. Hold steady. Hold steady. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 9, I put this verse in here because I wanted us, I wanted to point out something to you. We, we daily become, we, we're, we're assaulted daily by lies from the enemy. And we have to know what is true and what is not. And I just want to read this and I'm going to point out two little quick things in this verse. In Revelation 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Deceives. He was cast to the earth, 
and his angels were cast out with him. Now the word devil also means lying slanderer. He's just constantly accusing our character, who we are. And he wants for us to do what? To come into agreement with his lies about us. He wants us to take on and believe that garbage that he's assaulting us with daily. You know, each of us, if you think about your life, you've had some kind of assault against you. There's, there's certain things that you can point back to. You know, I'll, I'll use Hannah as an example. Her assault that I've noticed in her life is the enemy has always wanted to silence her voice. Think about that. And now she's a worship leader. But his assault for her whole life is to her, for her to not have a voice, to be in the corner, to not have a place at the table. That's been the ongoing assault in her life. We all have some type of assault that the enemy wants because he knows what, he knows what God can do through us and in us. So he wants to keep us out of position to receive what God has. The other word there is Satan and it's adversary. His goal is to take us out, to isolate us, to get us away from the herd. This is the herd. Don't get isolated. Stay among fellowship with one another. You guys have wonderful house meetings, Bible studies, fellowship. Fellowship happens when you share together, you pray together, you minister together. Just like you saw when they're gathering those fish. Man, they were laughing. They were excited. That's what God's created us for. He's created us to be fishers of men and women, right? When we're doing what God's called us to do, we're living in His pleasure. And as we're living in His pleasure, we're fulfilled. And God wants to bring us into that fulfillment. Eternal, not just temporary. What are you building up that will be eternal? The souls of man are eternal. That is what will last. I got to go to a conference last fall um, around the D.C. area. Global Awakening, and there was a speaker there by the name of Joanne Moody. And so I got this word from her message, this literal word mending. I, I got it from the message that she had given. Um, and she said that the Lord woke her up in the middle of the night, and this is what was coming to her. Mend the nets. Mend the nets. The catch is the greatest the earth has ever seen. Man, that resonated with me. Of course, as you see the scene, the fish... The net holding steady, what we're talking about. We want to be prepared. So this word in the Greek for mend is katartizo. I'm going to give you a few of the, the definitions for katartizo. To mend what has been broken or, or rent. To repair, to complete, to fit out, equip, put in order, arrange, adjust to fit. Or frame for oneself. Prepare ethically. That means it'll be stronger. To strengthen, perfect, complete, make one what he ought to be. Well, I love that part. Make one what he ought to be. So in Matthew 4, verses 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father. What was Zebedee doing? Glad you asked. Mending. Zebedee is mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Zebedee's getting ready for the next expedition. He couldn't just run down to the old sporting goods store and get him another fish. You know, I'm sure he had to keep that net prepared and fixed up and strengthened. And I love... I'm sure that their fishing wasn't just about like, you know, for me, if I go fishing, it's a lot about... 
the fun of it and the joy of eating it, but it's, this was their livelihood. This was, this, this was their job. This was their vocation. So they had to mend their nets. They had to make sure they were ready and prepared. When I was reading through this again last night and even this morning, I thought about Andrew. What do we know about Andrew? There's not a lot that we know about Andrew, but what did he do? Who did he introduce? And who did he, who did he, I kind of gave it away just then, but who did he introduce to Jesus? You remember? His brother? Peter, right? Simon Peter? And in John chapter 1, verse 41 and 42, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Andrew is, a, is an introducer. He introduces Peter to Jesus. Will you be an introducer today? Would you consider being one like Andrew that maybe you just bring them here to church or to your, your Bible study in your home or a home? You, you be an introducer. Share Christ. Be an introducer. In John 6, we see where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Now, his faith right there was a little bit like he was being a realist. But who brought the boy with the fish to Jesus? Andrew. Andrew got to see an amazing miracle. And he was a part of that. He was a connector. He connected the dots. Will you be a connector? And your part may not seem that significant, but think about it. He brought the fish. He brought the boy to Jesus. And then Jesus performed the miracle to feed the 5,000. So we've seen how the, the word mending has been used with Zebedee. Um, as I said earlier, much of a fisherman's time was spent cleaning and mending their nets, preparing them. Other definitions of this word, catartizo, to make a perfect fit with no deficiency, to bring back to its original design and purpose. Let's bring the bride of Christ back to her original design with no defect, no deficiency. That's why I'm here today is to call you into the bride of Christ that he has prepared and desires for you and I to be for this great harvest. In 1 Thessalonians 3.10, we see the word katartizo as used as may complete what is lacking in your faith. So that word is May complete. Catartizo, mending. Catartizo, may complete. To fit out, to equip, to put in order, to arrange, to adjust. And then in Luke 6, verse 40, we see the word catartizo as fully trained. In verse 40, a student is not above the teacher, but everyone when he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. So we see mended, complete, and now we see it catartizo, fully trained. Ethically to strengthen, perfect, complete. I'm kind of going over some of this definition each time. And then in Galatians 6 verse 1, we see this word catartizo as restore. In, ver in chapter 6 verse 1, If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. That's the heart of the gospel, to restore. I have I have I have uh, I have men in my life that are that I've gone on mission trips with and 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 they have they've stumbled recently and and they've begun to drink alcohol and but I'm about seeing him restored. I'm not about condemning him. I'm not about kicking him to the curb. I'm about I'll, I'll be at celebrate recovery and when you get here. I will embrace you. I will hold you. I will cry with you. I will pray with you. We will, I will stand with you. I will be the net that strengthens you. I won't walk away from you in your despair, in your discouragement, in your depression, whatever's going on. I want for you to know that I'll be a brother to you. 
When you lose your step, and if we live long enough, we all at some point may lose our way, maybe if just for a moment. But that's why we have brothers and sisters to bring one another back to the fold. That's the church. We don't need to be the church that kicks one another when we're down. We want to be, this is, I'm here, brother. I love you. I believe in you. This is not your destiny. This is not the end for you. I want to help you get to who I know God sees you. I, I don't, this is not who you are. This is who you're, you're currently, this might be what you're doing, but this is not your identity. This is not who, this is not how Christ sees you. And that's what we have to keep speaking to people. In 1 Peter 5 verse 10, the word katartizo is used as perfect. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then the next word of katartizo is equip. Hebrews 13 verse 21. Equip you in every good thing to do his will. Equip. So I'm going to go over these words real quick again. Catartizo, to mend. Does this not sound like the heart of Christ? Think about this now. Catartizo, to mend, to restore, to complete, to prepare, to equip, and to perfect. Isn't that beautiful? All that in that one word, catartizo. That we would think just as mending, but it, there's a lot of other ways that it's used in the scriptures. One of the one of the ways the enemy would like to get us sideways is for us to become offended. Anybody ever read the book "The Bait of Satan" by John Bevere? It's an oldie but a goodie. I'm kind of glad y'all had and I get to share something with you that maybe you didn't know. Amen. Um, new news, I hope, for you. So the Greek word offense is scandalon. All right. Now, I brought, in Louisiana, we have big rats. I'm sure you have big rats in Tennessee also. I'm going to need a volunteer to come and stick their finger. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually have this for that illustration, that part of it. <laughs> Let's see if I can set this trap here without getting my fingers caught in here. Are y'all nervous for me? <laughs> All right. I know not to put my hand right there. <laughs> Okay. Brother Larry, would you like to do the honors to set my trap off for me? <laughs> okay. All right. Now, this, this word offense, another part of that is the trigger. Let me get to my part here that has the definition here. And forgiveness and offense really go hand in hand, right? We want to forgive. We've been commanded to forgive in Matthew 6. Verses 12 through 14. There we go. You know, forgiveness, don't be nervous. I'm used to doing it. I've been handling this thing for a while, so I got my hand on the right end here. Forgiveness is a picture. So in, in where I'm from, I have cypress trees right outside my house, and they just, those roots just love to get underneath my house and tap into my PBC, where the plumbing, the sewer flows through, those, those roots like to get into there, stop up my plumbing, which can cause backup in my home. So I have to occasionally, there's a, there's a product, and you may know about this, I don't know, but there's a product where you can pour in down your commode and it's to kill the roots that try to tap into your PBC, your plumbing. Unforgiveness is kind of looks like that root system, if you will. It's to try to clog up the blessing that God wants to flow through us. And when we walk in unforgiveness, we walk in offense, we become stuck. And so I use that product occasionally just to keep it clear. 
In Luke 17, verse 1, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it's impo- That means we have an issue with offense in humanity. Because Jesus says it's impossible that offense, that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. Acts twenty four sixteen, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. So scandalon, the movable stick. Now you can see there's a stick right there, right? The movable stick. The trigger, there's the trigger right there. That's where the, there's where the cheese goes right there, right? I'm getting pretty close to that trigger, by the way. The snare. So scandalon is the Greek word for offense. Originally was the name of the part of a trap to which the bait is attached, hence the trap or snare itself. So when I become offended, you see what happens? I can become entrapped and I can get stuck until what? Now, in the physical, I've got to, you know, just remove this thing. But in the spiritual, I need to, I need to make some steps. I need to do some things to free myself. I, I might need to make an amend. Charlie. Charlie made an amend over the weekend. Beautiful, brother. Thank you for your transparency, for your humility. Making amends with others will free us. Forgiveness, so many times we think, you know, we don't realize it's really for us more than it is for that other person. It's for us to walk out of that bondage into his freedom, his beauty. Do you have someone today that you're offended with that you need to release? This is a hard area. It really is. And this is one that you may have to visit from time to time. It, You know, it may not... You might deal with it, and then it comes up again. But by the power of the Spirit, by the power of the resurrection, you can overcome. We were, we're meant to be overcomers. We're meant to do that. And we have to see with His eyes. We've got to move our flesh eyes out of the way and put on His sunglasses, S-O-N glasses, so we can see the way He sees. We want to see what Christ sees. We don't want to see what wit sees or what you might see. We want to see through the eyes of Christ, right? That's what he's calling us into. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, we see this word salvation used. And I just want to touch on, I'm going to close, close the message with this picture of salvation. Save, heal, deliver. That's the picture of salvation. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So grace is a gift. It's a blessing, but it's also us being empowered to do what's right. And that salvation is eternal. But it's also for the here and now. I want to show you in Scripture two other ways that that word salvation is used outside of Ephesians. The other Scripture that I, I have is Matthew nine twenty two. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. That's sozo. That's salvation. And at once the woman was made well. So we see that she's healed. By the same word that we can find eternal life through Jesus through, that same salvation word is also used as the the well, healed word, the sozo. And then in... Luke 8:36 we see a man naked chained up living in a graveyard cutting himself that gets delivered by Jesus. In verse 36 meanwhile the eyewitnesses reported to them how the demon possessed man was delivered 
That's in the Holman Christian Standard Bible. That's the Baptist <laughs> version. I find that interesting that they use the word delivered, and it's sozo, save, heal, deliver. We need to find salvation so that we can be saved, healed, and delivered so that our net does not break. We want to be whole, healthy, Christ-following individuals. We want to be whole and healthy, Christ-following churches. I talked yesterday briefly about how we can have an orphan mentality or we can have a kingdom mentality. We want to have a a kingdom. We don't want to be orphan-minded. We want to have the mentality that there's enough. There's never a lack in heaven's economy. Amen. I want you to bow your head with me. Music team, if you want to come on up, I'm going to go ahead and begin the invitation at this point. Today you're here and maybe you've heard this message. And maybe you need that grace that would save you from your sins. You know, maybe you need this salvation I speak of. Maybe you would like to be that fish that was in the net that we saw on the video. And you realize, I have missed the mark. I, I, I have never professed Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. And today I would like to profess Him. Today I would like to surrender. Today I would like to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm, I don't want to be ashamed of this. I want to, to be bold in my faith and in my stance. I'm going to ask that every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And what I want to do is if you are here and you you know that you're not in good standing with the Lord, you, you know that you've never trusted Him, you know that you're not a son, you know that you're not a daughter of King Jesus. But today you, you've heard this message of the gospel. And you, you would say, I, I, I'm ready to profess Jesus. I'm ready to take a stand. I'm ready to be a follower of Christ. Would there be any one of you here today that would say, Brother Witt, that's me. I want you just to keep looking at me. I'm not asking you to, to rededicate your life, to recommit your life. I'm asking you, do you need to trust Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? Do you need to repent of your sins, have a change in your mind and a change in the way you think? Anybody here today that would say, I need to profess Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Just take a, just take a moment and look me in the eye. I want to talk to you. Anyone in the room today. Okay, just keep looking at me. Anybody else? I need to put my hope in Jesus, my trust in Him. I want to follow Him. Any others that want to just follow Christ? Any others? So those of you who are looking at me, I'm going to lead you in this prayer, okay? So if you're looking at me, I'm just assuming that you need this salvation that I'm speaking of. So just keep looking at me if that's you. I want you to profess Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Father in heaven, I surrender. I submit. I yield. I repent. I change my mind in the way that I want to think. And I commit my life to you. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. I receive the blood that you shed on Calvary's cross for me. I declare I am your son. I declare I am your daughter. Today I follow you. Immerse me in your love, Father. Immerse me in your power. Baptize me, Holy Spirit, with every good gift that's needed to advance your kingdom. Father, I bless each one who has made it known that they want to follow you. Lord, may, may something happen today that's never happened. And Lord, I just declare a, a passion and a desire. Lord, stir up, stir us up, Father. Stir us up. Break our heart for what breaks yours. Stir our hearts about the kingdom, Lord, beyond ourselves, beyond our lives. Lord, beyond the things that we look at in the temporary. Lord, give us 
eternal perspective. Father, give us your heart today. Baptize us with a baptism of love, Father, I pray. The eyes of Christ, the heart of Christ, the ears of Christ, the mouth of Christ. I want to see what you see. I want to feel what you feel. I want to hear what you hear. And I want to love as you love today, Father. May there be a baptism of love upon abundant life church and lord may they walk in the abundance father in jesus holy and mighty name amen and amen if you've prayed that prayer today you've never been baptized i want you to talk to your pastor let him know that be baptized give that outward expression of what we just prayed for that your old life's been buried and your new life's been raised to walk in newness of life with jesus christ our worship team is going to lead us in worship Larry and I will be up here to pray with any of you if you have any uh, health issues or whatever. Uh, Whatever you might need prayer for, we're going to be here to receive you today. Just come and pray. You might want to just come pray for your neighbor. Students, come pray for your friends. Pray for revival to touch Tennessee. And it will spread beyond your city, from Mount Juliet beyond. We pray for revival. Amen? Y'all go ahead and stand and let's worship him. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily. I surrender.
touching hearts and you know just because you may not come forward I know God's spoken this morning to your heart if you've got anything before I travel back to Louisiana I'm here I'm, I'm here I'm in no hurry to get back and I know some of you may need to get home and you know, get that roast out of the oven <laughs> but I don't want to mess up what God's doing and God is moving if you need Jesus you need a touch from heaven this is your moment this is your time come and receive your pastor's here I'm here we want to pray with you we want to encourage you Let's keep singing just for a little longer. Let's... Fill me with thy 
the Holy Spirit continue to work in our lives and our hearts. There's a moment, and but there's also His working outside of that moment. Take these as Mary as Mary took the words of Gabriel. You do the same. Take these words and ponder them into your heart, and let God fertilize them and grow them. And more than anything else, that you would respond to whatever God's Holy Spirit speaks to you. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Wit. We're going to go ahead and and, uh, receive an offering uh, for his ministry uh, that you could participate in the advancing of the kingdom and sowing seed into the kingdom and uh, to send him ultimately on his way with a blessing for their ministry uh, there in in, uh, the Monroe area. Uh, So somebody want to grab those bags, the best thing to do, and just pass them among the congregation. If you're making out a check, make it to Abundant Life Church or ALC. And then we'll write one check. Uh, Well, go around with your hands cupped, Doug. They're not back there? They were delivered to the office probably on the first round. Of- well, that was the baskets. Oh, we're looking for the bags. The bags? Oh, I don't know. Okay, Chris went to get the baskets. Okay. That'll give you time to write a larger check. All right. Now you can bag it. Just place your offering in that bag, and we'll take care of it from there. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his Holy Spirit to anoint the word and to anoint our ears to hear the word today. I'm glad you were here. Um, I said to our leadership recently, Uh, that the climate in our society, in our culture, in our world, but where we live, the climate is such that a lot of people are, as as Witt has said, a lot of people are dealing with issues. There's a lot of concern, a lot of discouragement. Too often there's a lack of hope in people's lives. And here we are, standing here with hope. And so, as he has said, I would, I would affirm that we're looking at a harvest of people who are looking for somewhere besides a political party and somewhere besides a political or uh, any kind of an argument, but they're looking for somewhere that they can find hope and peace in their hearts. And you and I, we better be ready, as, as he said, we better be ready and as, as Paul wrote, to, to to be ready to give our to give a reason for our hope, reason, give an account for your hope. Think about it. I mean, you you say I've been saved for whatever. Think about what would what would you say if someone walked up to you and said, "Give me a reason for your hope. Give me an, give, give an account for your hope." And you don't have to quote Bible verses. You don't have to be a theologian. You just have to be able to answer that question. It's just like the blind. I know I'm not preaching today. It's just like <clears throat> I wasn't supposed to. It's just like the blind guy that Jesus healed, and the Pharisees tried to trip him up. And they said, "What do you think about this guy did this and this guy did that?" And well, you have any commentary on that? And and he said, "Well, I tell you, I tell you what." He said, "I don't know anything about any of that stuff. I can tell you one thing though. I used to be blind, but now I can see." Amen. And that's your testimony. Just testify of the hope uh, that God has put in your heart. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of Abundant Life Church. And and I think the worship team is going to take us out with a song, and you be dismissed. This is the Lord's house. Everybody is welcome. This is the Lord's house. Everybody is welcome. This is the Lord's house.
wine is his blood. 